hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? I thought that might be you. And if so, we have created our best ever yet resource for you. Totally free. This is a masterclass. I've called it my masterclass because I have put everything into this, right? This masterclass is designed for you if you have HA or have had HA and are dealing with suboptimal cycles and you're serious about restoring those babies to full optimization and you want to create the ideal foundation for a pregnancy. This is going to be for you. So in this masterclass, I'm going to provide you a lot of things, including a lot of case studies, mine, Ashley's and Mishi's, as well as lots of our past clients and what their challenges were and what they had to do to overcome it. And we cover a really wide variety of types of cases of HA. So everything from primary amenorrhea and missing periods for years and years to short-term amenorrhea and what we did to handle that situation as well and how long it took these people to go from HA to pregnant with this system and how long it took them to go from HA to ovulating, of course, with this system. So lots of information, lots of case studies, lots of stats. We go through why this is not a weight gain plan and how we actually divide you into phases, the three phases of HA and determine what your starting point is so that you have a good idea of where you need to start with your actual changes and lifestyle and nutrition changes. We even cover questions like HA and people with a normal BMI and recovery for people who have had HA for too long. There's so much in this 60-minute masterclass. Y'all, I'm impressed. And at the end, I'll also be running you through how to get a free HTMA, hair tissue mineral analysis through us, which is a part of our process for recovery and preconception clients that we're happily going to give you for free 99 as a massive thank you, of course, for joining the masterclass. So go to the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's the hasociety.com forward slash masterclass. Hey, and welcome to the Hypothalamic Amenorrhea Podcast, an adulting advice podcast production. I'm Danny Sheriff, and this is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. Let's dive in. And guys, please remember that I am not a doctor and nothing on this show should be taken as medical advice. Always seek the advice of your physician. Hey ladies, I am pumped to be delivering this episode to you today. I talk with Holly Dunn and it's a really refreshing chat where we dive deeper into what's actually happening in our body and our brain when we have HA. She has a really refreshing take on the subject, a lovely voice to listen to. And in this show, we just talk about um, you know how HA is more than you know, just eating more and exercising less. There's more nuance to it. There's more individualization often. So I really think you're going to enjoy it. Before we dive in, I wanted to let you guys know about the fact that myself and my partner in crime here at the HA Society, Ashley, have started to take on more HA coaching clients. So this looks like Getting on a 15-minute call with me, totally free, where we chat about your situation and I 
pair you with either Ashley or myself based on your situation. And we actually don't do nutrition, looking at labs, that kind of thing. What we do is work in conjunction with the protocol that you know is right for you. So potentially we'll help you come up with that protocol. So often we already know what that looks like. It's, you know, it does have a lot to do with working through the mindset struggles of eating more food, of resting more. And a lot of it is kind of like life coaching. A lot of what Ashley and I do with you is get together on a weekly calls and figure out, you know, what is it that got us in this situation in the first place? Yes, you're doing all of the work uh, to get your period back. And yes, uh, we'll definitely go through together ways to keep moving forward with those protocols. But we're also going to make sure that when you get on the other side of your HA that you keep it that way. So we look at all kinds of things like your relationship, your work, your stress management. We look at, you know, helping you to get back the passions and the the love and the life that you kind of have been pushing away from or pulling away from during this time of having HA. So I would love to get on a 15-minute call with you and just see if this is a fit. There is no pressure at all. And then we can start the process. Coaching with us is only $100 a month for four formal check-ins and unlimited support between calls. That's like $25 a week, which is really great because one-on-one support is super important. It's so important, especially if you don't have a strong support network. But even if you do, it's just so beneficial to have someone like Ashley or myself who can you can connect with. And also you get access to the HA Society as a part of your membership. And the HA Society does only open once a month. But if you join coaching, you get access straight away. And that means you get you know, early access to the podcast episodes, the message board with all of the other women that are in our group and the other women that are getting coaching. And you get to, that's where you can chat with us throughout in between your one-on-one check-in calls. So I think it's a really great opportunity. And if it doesn't end up being for you after we get on that 15 minute call, I'll actually have um, a better suited for you practitioner to recommend. Like maybe you do need to be working with a registered dietitian at this stage or maybe a nutritional therapy practitioner. So it's actually a bit of a win-win for everyone because by you getting on this call, I'll either be able to help pair you with, you know, one of the coaches and you can work with us, which is really great. Or I can recommend you to one of the coaches um, or the other practitioners that I have in my network. And I've worked really hard to build a network of practitioners that I trust all over the world, that can work with people all over the world. So if you're even just trying to figure out who you want to work with, book a call with me. Either go to the link in the show notes and you can book a call with me or go to coaching.thehasociety.com and there you can also just you can get the link to book and schedule that call with me and we'll go from there let's figure out what your next steps need to be hey everyone welcome back to the ha the hypothalamic amenorrhea podcast i'm here today with holly dunn uh, from across the pond really excited to chat with her today just before the call we had a quick overview about what we're going to talk about sounds really exciting 
You guys are going to love it. I'm going to pass off to Holly to introduce herself, what she does, and then we're going to get into it. Hey, Holly. Hey. Well, thank you so, so much, Danny. I am sitting here in raining London. I mean, you couldn't get a better stereotype. <laughs> um, but no, it's so amazing to be here. And so I'm, my name's Holly and I'm a registered nutritional therapist uh, specializing in women's hormonal health, uh, particularly stress and stress related conditions with HA being, you know, could, it could be defined as the ultimate stress condition for women, for women's health. And I have an online clinic, a virtual clinic, um, don't we all these days, um, <laughs> where I work with women privately over a period of time to help them balance their hormones and regain their energy and reduce stress and really just reach their health goals, their life goals without burning out. Because um, as women, you know, we, we, do, we do burn out. We, I see this so, so much today. Uh, so I'm registered in the UK, obviously, with the British Association for Nutrition and Lifestyle Medicine, which is regulated by the Complementary and Natural Healthcare Council um, in the UK, which is a bit of a mouthful. And I previously had trained as a yoga instructor as well. And that's kind of an interesting one because I do tend to find with HA clients, I, I do always bring in an element of breathing techniques because um, it's so, so, so important when we're trying to calm down the, the nervous system, calm down the sort of stress response. Um, and yeah, so I work with women with irregular cycles, HA, low energy, um, PMS, um, stress, anxiety, thyroid issues, digestive issues. It does vary, but as this is a, I take a very holistic approach. Often, you know, I'm not dealing with one thing. You know, as as nutritional therapy practitioners, we we're often we're dealing with the whole person, and that's an interwoven uh, sequence of events and health conditions. Often, kind of, um, you know, roll into one. A beautiful picture um, that we have to kind of unravel <laughs> and find out yeah. what's going on. Consistently with the practitioners we talk to, it's like yeah. it's about painting a huge picture. Absolutely. What's really going on. And please correct me if I am so wrong, but what I'm feeling or, or hearing from this and from my experience talking to some other practitioners as well is that when it comes to dealing with HA, you guys aren't necessarily all on board with this with this concept of just like oh all that's wrong with you is this energy deficit where you mm. need to like sit on the couch and eat lots of food mm. it's a little more nuanced than that and there's a more interest in like testing and like you were saying the breath work and and calming the central nervous system and I want to hear more about that yeah if, or if I'm wrong you're like no it's totally just about like chilling out it really really isn't and you know it's it's so much more than, yeah, HA is so much more than, you know, stopping exercise and increasing calories, right? It's just, it's so much more nuanced than that. Um, oh God, I mean, where to start with this one? I mean, yeah, I mean, why don't we talk about, so yeah, stress, oh, what, what causes HA? I mean, okay, so I see HA very much as yes, energy deficits in 95% of cases plays a huge role, but it's a condition of stress. And we kind of really need to define that for the individual to understand what's going on for them. So I'm probably going to start here with, well, we'll come back to, I guess, I think there are predisposing factors. Okay. So 
there are predisposing factors that make someone potentially a little bit more susceptible to stress in their life. And we can come back to those if you want, but you know, they're certainly genetic, genetic components. Yes, because I feel like that's me. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So for example, um, and I actually found this because um, when I was uh, working on my recovery um, sort of some years ago, I discovered that I had a, um, a genetic polymorphism, which is basically an abnormality in an, in an enzyme called COMPTI, which is called, it's an enzyme called catecholomethyltransferase. And it's a bit of a mouthful, but this enzyme helps you to break down your catecholamines, which are going to be things like adrenaline and um and noradrenaline and it also helps you break down uh, dopamine which is um, the neurotransmitter in the brain very associated with addictive type behaviors so when this enzyme is not working properly you know we can we can kind of overshoot so when we do produce adrenaline we can't break it down so easily so this can negatively impact our stress response we you know certainly if there's a dopamine factor there we can develop high or too low levels of dopamine we can kind of be swinging high from high to low and so I certainly had a, uh, an addiction to running and um, I that addictive behavior that I experience and I do see another in other clients of mine is you know it's potentially if there is a genetic polymorphism it doesn't it's not a cause of this behavior but it's it's a susceptibility that we need to be thinking about and it's something that we're just putting into the puzzle for the individual so it's just a piece of the jigsaw puzzle for them it's just a contributing factor that might be um sitting there in the background and then there are other um components so there are potentially in utero factors so when you're in the womb so when your mum's carrying you potentially there are factors there so um evidence we've got some evidence to show that when um a mum is really stressed out that that can impact how the how the baby's nervous system is developing and actually how the brain develops so can see that um, and we see this actually in long-term stress as well that certain areas of the brain can it can get bigger so the amygdala which is responsible for anxious thinking circular thoughts can actually get in, get bigger it can get enlarged and mm-hmm. other areas in the brain like the hippocampus which is our kind of logical rational memory learning side that can actually um, decrease in size so I love that. I don't know if anyone's seen the Netflix show Explained. Oh, is it Explained? No, it's Babies. It's called Babies. I haven't seen um, it. Oh my god, it's so good. It explains all these different things about the connection between you know children and parents, skin on skin, how breastfeeding yeah. works, yeah. and they talk about how they um they did tests on so when a woman has a baby, the amygdala grows, but the yeah. father's does not. It stays the same. Yeah, it's fascinating. But when they did tests on that and when the mother was maybe, when the mother wasn't around, maybe she left, maybe she passed away and didn't make it, the father's amygdala grew to the same size as the women's because now he was taking on that um, responsibility. And just you were talking about it and I thought of it and it's just such a cool fact Um, and people should definitely watch Babies on Netflix it sounds fantastic. I think I'm going to have to watch it now. <laughs> no, but it's it's really it's so so interesting. So, um, you know, and there's there's something else called neural neural plasticity. I don't know if you know if you're familiar with that term, but you know, I mean, when we're like Beyonce talked about it. 
Yeah, so when we get, you know, when we start to think in a certain way and we start to, we basically strengthen certain neural pathways in our brain. So um, when you, you know, it's kind of that's how why CBT is so effective because you kind of unravel the way you're used to thinking. Um, but if we're constantly thinking in a certain way, we're hardwiring those those the way that we think so that we always think that way <laughs> um if that makes sense um I don't know if that does I'm trying to explain it and it's in a kind of very simplified way but that's so you've got kind of these these factors right these things that and I love to explain some of this stuff to clients because it's not it, it releases you a little bit from I've done this to myself and this is hard and this is my fault and this is something I've done and that guilt piece is like guilt piece is there every time and it's it's really hard for people and it's not your fault I think that's so 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 important for for women to understand um that you know there are other elements to this and yes the lifestyle element the stress um, the psychological stress the exercise um inflammation there's all there's lots of different things of causes of stress so and we kind of have to be careful with how we define what stress is to the body um but all of these things factors together you know it's it's a big big web of web of stress um big web of stress that's what it is <laughs> yeah well I always think about and it's kind of what makes it so hard right is that um stress is stress whether it's emotional or physical and so it can just be manifested for so many people in so many different ways which is why there's a bunch of women listening right now who are like I don't, I never even exercised like that hard, quote unquote, or I never was, you know, super, super lean, which is me, like the, the loop I'm always in of like, I'm angry because I, that's like, I look normal, but (laughs) you know, my story was because I was working seven days a week and then going to gym every day afterwards. And like, I had to get up at 4am for my job and and that is kind of what manifested in itself stress. And when you were talking about how um, you hardwire these neurological pathways, mm. what I what came to my mind was how, you know, we just work so hard to fit into this mold of like what is a good <laughs> member of society or yeah. like how, how a successful woman is portrayed which is juggling all of these different things at once. Yeah. And, you know, we wake up every day and we like look at our vision board and we say our, you know, we do our power poses and like say our mantras. And those are really hardwiring those um, behaviors into us. And to undo that is a lot of work. Yeah, you're so right. And, you know, the thing is, is the majority of women out there today are just, you know, they're just working really hard and they're trying to be healthy. They're trying to, you know, be fit and eat well, actually, you know, a lot of women aren't. Yes. Okay. There is a, there are a lot of women with HA will, will be restricting and they will have that history of, of potential, you know, eating disorder patterns, which, you know, there is no shame in that in itself, but you know, also there, it's just women just trying to do what society is telling us to do, right. Which is to have it all, do it all. Don't complain um and that kind of getting up at you know 5 a.m 4 a.m to do to do your thing so you you can go and put all hours in at work you know sleep loss itself is is a factor here this is sleep loss raises cortisol it impacts our insulin response it increases inflammation you know it's definitely a big big factor and that's definitely one of the key things i'd look at with 
with a client with a regular long cycles or HA is, you know, what's your sleep like? How are you sleeping really? How much sleep are you getting? Is that enough for you? <laughs> um, and often it's not, even when it's, you know, seven hours, it's often not enough. Yeah. So can you explain a little bit about how all of those factors come together to create what we call HA? And Yeah. So, well, HA essentially is... Um, HA itself is, is um, amenorrhea is lack of a period, right? So hypothalamic amenorrhea is, is lack of your period. And that is a result of a miscommunication between the hypothalamus uh, and the rest of the body. And the hypothalamus is this master control center that controls everything in the body, temperature, water balance, hormones. And it takes in inputs from the body. And when it feels scared or if it's under pressure or it's under too much stress, uh, whatever stress input that is, it will um, it will shut down all of the pro- a lot of the processes that it regulates. But one thing it really doesn't do is is shut off our stress response because that's life saving to us. So we yeah. find it's the other systems that go. So um, the thyroid, so our metabolism slows down, um, and our reproductive system will definitely get switched off. And that is the body's protective mechanism, putting us into low power mode. Um, I kind of think about it. I always think about it like my phone goes into low power mode when it doesn't have any batteries. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like the same thing happening. And if you have some of these predisposing factors at the background, say you've got a genetic predisposition, which means that your perception, you feel stress more acutely than someone else. When you when there's a stress input or stimulus in your body, um, then you're, you're more hardwired to feel that response or you can't maybe... Um, excrete or remove some of those stress hormones as as, as effectively as somebody else. Then you receive, um, you know, pressure in your life, whether that's culturally or socially, to exercise and to um, be in be in a small body and um, work all hours of the day and not get as much sleep as you should. These are all things that potentially raise cortisol. You know, we may be fasting for long periods of time that will raise cortisol. We may develop um, digestive um, uh, problems which will raise inflammation and that will cause um, problems and and that will kind of talk to our stress system um, as well and there may be other factors in there as well we low low body fat certainly isn't a factor but when um you know women who when we have a little bit of extra fat in our body that's actually can be quite protective so it's not a cause but it could be a potential driver there as well um, low nutrient status, and that's whether or not we're not getting enough macronutrients, energy, um, to, and, and also micronutrients. So all those little vitamins and minerals and phytonutrients that play this—they're tiny, but they play this massive role in helping us to produce energy and helping us to have a normal stress response and do all sorts of fabulous things for our, for our body. And often we just have really raised needs because of the way we're operating in today's modern world so it's 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 I think it's quite a normal condition for women and you know research shows that 50% of women who exercise on a regular basis have irregular cycles uh, and we don't know how many of those are have HA but certainly I think it's it's a lot of us and, and we need to really be talking about it more and and helping women to feel that it's okay to have it's okay to have this and um it's important to fix it, but it's okay that you got here. Um, let's unravel it. 
Yeah, it definitely is okay that that women got here. I mean, look at if you look back at your path. Yeah. Like at least I if I look back at my path to it, there's just I don't think there was any way of stopping it, even if I knew that this was a potential cause, because you know, what you're being told is just that doing all the things is just so much more important than um than your menstrual health so like I there are very few people that I think could have even avoided the path that they're on right now so there's not much point dwelling on that and and it's just about looking forward and I really am like torn with where to go with you because I have like so many more questions but I also want to hear your story so (laughs) plenty of time (laughs) I know I feel like it would be great to get a background on your experience personally with AJ and then I'm going to get back to my questions about sure. um, working with people with AJ. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I will try and keep this nice and short. So um, prior to, I, I know I go off on tangents too, so. <laughs> no, I mean, go for it. It's so much fun. Um, so yeah, prior to working as a nutritional therapist, um, I didn't start my career out as a nutritional therapist. I retrained, so I took a number of years out to take a postgraduate um, nutritional therapy qualification. Um, I originally was working um, in the royal household in London um, and then in the corporate world. So um, I was actually working closely with executives my whole life in high pressured um, environments. And then, um, you know, really... I mean, I say high pressure environments, it was usually the pressure I was putting on myself um, really to kind of deliver and to, to not let anyone down. Um, that's definitely been in my, my, my past and my, my, my character as well. So I'm a workaholic by nature um, and my coping mechanism has really always been to just over function and um, deplete my body. Um, and I very much uh, got into running at uni actually as a way to um increase my energy actually it was I got really uh, high on those endorphins you know I just loved it and I just had to do it every morning and um and I still do run I have to say um but I, I do it uh, you know I don't have HA so <laughs> I, I'm, I love it and it's it's still good for me but you know I would wake up early work out chug down, chug down a coffee get get to get to the office and then I'd be at networking events in the evening and um, so I was really just go, go, go. And no matter what, and I didn't really have any rhythm. There's no real, real rhythm to my life. I'd been on the pill as we, a lot of us are for around 10 years. Um, and who knows what impact that was having on my brain chemistry at the same time. I have some inclination. I have some feelings that, that it really did change my, um, my personality actually from about the age of 18. Um, and when I came off it, no surprise, I didn't have a period for uh, nearly two years. And I saw a gynecologist. They weren't really that worried about me at the time. They just said, you know, you're, you look pretty athletic. You're, you know, you're not underweight, but you're pretty athletic. And maybe you shouldn't be doing so much exercise, but, you know, just maybe just pull it back a bit. Um, but meanwhile, I was kind of doing my own investigation. I'd already started training. I'd already started my postgrad training in nutritional therapy. I'd trained as a yoga teacher before that and the lady I saw had actually radically um shifted my views on what was going on for me and I it was around this time that I did the genetic testing and I was then thinking about more you know she really this nutritional therapist I saw 
really opened my eyes to the raised needs that I had. You know, I was already stressed. So my need for certain nutrients was high. I was exercising. So it was high. I had this genetic polymorphism, which made everything again, raised everything kind of upregulated in my body. Um, and I needed a lot of nutrition. I needed a lot of nutrients to get my body back into balance. Um, and I needed a lot of supplements <laughs> and uh, a lot of rest and a lot of just time. And, and it came back. It was, it was fine. And, um, it was definitely a, a long road and I'm still very hypersensitive to it. And I, I'm still very, you know, my body always will be. And I think that's the other that's the other important thing is like that first period you get, it's not the end of the story. It's not the end of the road. You know, we have to always be looking out for this and, you know, understand our bodies, our bodies are more sensitive than other people's bodies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's the story. When you had to, uh, when you were going through this and you were increasing your nutrient intake, did you also heavily reduce or quit exercise or were you able to continue being active? Yeah, I was a, I was lucky. I was able to continue to be active. Yeah, I never stopped it entirely. Um, mm-hmm. I I you know I, I definitely did pull back on the running f- uh, and just walk for for a period of time. Um, but I might have then just oh just chuck in a cheeky jo- cheeky jog um, now and again. So I never did the all in uh, myself. Um, and I my my diet was already you know I've I've always been um, very invested fully invested in, in nutrition and my diet was pretty good already. I just needed to eat more. Um, uh, I needed to um, really, I really needed the supplements though. I mean, I really, um, my body's needs were so great for certain nutrients that I just wasn't, I wasn't getting to actually ovulate properly. Um, I needed to eat meat. I wasn't eating enough red meat. So I needed more red meat for me, for my body, um, more vitamin A. I needed more choline. I needed more, more iron. Um, and um, yeah, so it was, those, those were some of the things for me anyway, but again, very, very different for everyone. So, um, yeah. Oh, I can't hear, I can't hear your question. I do that every time I forget. To <laughs> oh no, we're disconnected. <laughs> every time. <laughs> so other people that have been on the podcast that are listening right now are like, oh, <laughs> so I really, I was saying, I really hear a lot of your story in my own, in the sense of like, I didn't completely have to stop exercise. And I also didn't just like, um, throw all of my value that I hold from nutrient dense food out the window in exchange for just calorically high food. And Mm -hmm. when I worked with an NTP, um, and we gave me tons of supplements after testing as well. And, there was more of a guidance around building meals, right? Getting, yeah. you know, oh, she she looked at sort of my my diet in general and was like, I can see opportunity for you to increase your vegetable intake and maybe these colors, right? Like the deep purples and mm. um, a lot of beetroot was happening. <laughs> my husband was like, no, but, um, and also just like a, addressing my coffee intake and like I'm actually drinking tea right now you'd be proud but (laughs) but (laughs) what that I I just fully um I just love that because that's what works for me and it just sound it just sounds it makes a lot more sense so can you talk a little bit about nutrient intake Mm, absolutely in some way yeah so we we need to we look at this on two levels so 
the first thing to the first thing is very very important in that you without enough energy um it none of the supplements are going to work okay so the the, the supplements won't work if you if you're just not eating enough food um, if you're not getting enough energy because we can see in food um food provides us like fuel that you put in a car right so something that is physically burnt down at, at into a, a unit of energy so we produce heat we lose that we we basically burn down that fuel as as pure energy but in that in that food we also have all of these micronutrients that we actually need they're like the little conductors they actually do they do little jobs in the body so they 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 actually help us to produce that energy from that food so we have a caloric requirement all of us that is different for everybody so it's not just a number that we can pluck out of we just say okay everyone needs this amount of calories i think we need a lot more than we think we need i think women uh you know we need to be eating a lot more food we need a lot more food than we think we need um, a lot. Like, i still struggle every day to comprehend that <laughs> yeah i mean a hell of a lot of food i mean i just think that's society and culture that just does this to women and i really do think that you know it takes a lot of energy to ovulate it takes a lot of energy to actually have a healthy cycle and um you know most for most women what they think they should be eating you know we usually just double that <laughs> i mean we don't normally do that but if i say to somebody think about doubling that what does that actually mean that means actually it's a lot of energy right so we need to be making sure we're eating enough just to cover off our activity levels and then a little bit more to to encourage and to kind of reassure our hypothalamus that there is enough there's enough constant supply of energy there just for a little while um I never really ask anyone to just really eat loads of calories suddenly. I just do it really slowly. Just say, you know, can you just eat a little bit more each day and just see how it goes? And we just we just monitor that. Um, and then again, it's very different for everyone. I definitely will do some some nutrient testing, some um, functional hormone testing. We'll look at a lot of because if there's an adrenal dysfunction, we need certain types of nutrients. If there's a thyroid issue, we'll need certain types of nutrients there's a digestive issue we might need a lot of other we might need to actually just repair the lining of the gut first before we can so we can absorb nutrients and maybe that's just the focus that's all we do so it really is dependent on the individual but you know as for starters we need um adequate amounts of vitamin d for you know it's really important for ovulation uh, actually vitamin d we don't think about that we need choline iron vitamin a um we need energy product we need b vitamins we need you know adrenal support so we need uh, vitamin c we need magnesium we need zinc to ovulate you know all these things that for, uh, zinc nourishes our ovarian follicles um but i can just throw everything all of the nutrients basically out to you here because basically we need everything <laughs> to get the system up and running again but i very much tailor that to what do the tests show me where for you where do we need to focus most of the time when we rebalance whatever is going on for you then it it, it will come we it, whatever is going on for you it will come um we may want to reduce inflammation in the body you know whatever whatever it is but um yeah yeah i mean that's just the the value of getting it of getting individualized help and testing done is huge i tried to do it by myself for the longest time and then when i finally worked with an ntp and 
the things that she told me that she figured out, I was just like, there's no chance I would have figured that out by myself. So mm-hmm. I potentially could have and had a couple times gotten recovery periods by myself by just mm-hmm. like eating more food, but I and re- like radically reducing my exercise. Yeah. But the the difference was when I was able to supplement. I mean, a it came back quicker and and more consistently but I also felt better in so many other ways. Yeah. Or it was like recovering and then some. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of women, you know, they come to me, they don't have a period, but maybe it's like their hair's fallen out or their hair's dry and they're worried more about that. And like, so we actually end up coming to the period because well, we actually really need to fix this before the hair is going to sort itself out. But, you know, it's, it's all of these things, the body, you know, and, and the female hormone cycle is so wrapped up in every aspect of our health. You know, it's so wrapped up in our, our beauty and our glowing skin and our brain chemistry and our stress response and how resilient we are to stress. You know, you're going to feel way more anxious if you, if you've got low estrogen and low progesterone. Um, and you know, your brain, you're going to feel really foggy headed if you don't have enough estrogen, which actually energizes the brain, you know? Um, so there are, yeah, there is a lot of, there's so much here that, that will work again and will work beautifully again. Um, when, when we get you cycling again and, um, and that's really exciting because that it's actually really relatively easy because then all your problems, like most of the time they're. It, the answer is just let's just get you working the way your body wants to work um yeah and there was something else that you said that i wanted to ask for maybe more clarification on you mentioned um leaky gut and all of the nutrients that we could be low in and i get a lot of messages from people who are like i'm doing the thing i'm eating so much i'm even gaining all this weight and I still have no period and my experience as well was is a little bit of that and as you were speaking I was like oh is this a good point which is if you have leaky gut you can eat as much food as you want but you're leaking nutrients out and therefore not getting them and absorbing them and so that's why it's not like all in or whatever is just not necessarily working for you or is it a little different? So I guess I see I see exactly what you're saying. It's I guess it's not exactly that you're leaking nutrients out. It's more that when there is um, when the the junctions of the gut lining are not tight, they should be nice and tight. So they are kind of we call them leaky. It's it's a really really um, it's a very it's a really really bad term (laughs) it's a really non-scientific term um but that in itself um when we when we haven't broken those our food molecules down enough they can those big molecules because the gut is leaky will cross over uh into the bloodstream and that sets up an an immune response and and it's often well it's always an inflammatory there's always some form of inflammation there and that immune response is the problem um it's it does stop us from absorbing nutrients it will talk really really i'd say talk dirty to our hypothalamus it'll talk it'll send signals to the brain that'll affect the brain um it will um cause a lot of damage um in the sense that 
yeah, we can't, we're not going to be able to, because those, those molecules aren't getting broken down. They're almost slipping through when they're too big. Do you see what I mean? So we can't actually extract those beautiful, really tiny um, nutrients that we need. And there's too much inflammation there. So the body is just fighting fires. It's just dealing with all of that inflammation in the gut and it's not doing what it should be doing, which is breaking everything down beautifully, absorbing it, absorbing it, you know, nice and easily. And, um, and consequently, you know, we, we have issues. So yeah, it's very complicated actually. Um, uh, it's, it's a complicated one to, to describe. Well, I feel like that is a good explanation in general. So thank you. Good. (laughs) Good. Okay. So if someone comes to you with HA and I mean, what, like, what do you ask them? What do you, what do you do? And what do you see uh, maybe commonalities or interesting things to share? (laughs) Um, So some of the things I see um, are, like I mentioned, I would say hair loss or like I find women are often worried about skin, hair and nails and energy actually probably is the big one. So women are just really tired. Um, They just can't do and think straight and think like they used to be able to. Um, They may be going to the loo a lot. I see that a lot. Um, You know, I don't know why I keep going. I go to, I can't hold, I can't, I literally drink something and then I need to go to the loo, you know. Um, They have poor sleep often. um, And then um, we obviously will dig deeper. I do a lot of, um, so I, I start with a call. I, if I kind of my process really is I start with a call where I usually take about 30 minutes actually. I, I do, that that call is entirely free and it's actually very important. So I, I do always give someone the time because it's important for them to trust me and or to feel that I'm the right person for them. And I, you know, it's just not gonna work otherwise. You've got to have that bond. And it's also a really good time to um, ask a lot of questions, actually. I do ask a lot in my initial phone call and around medical history, family health history. We need to understand that, you know, I can get a sense of what genetically potentially what might be going on, medications, supplements, all that kind of stuff that I get a vague picture enough for me to evaluate whether or not we need to do any testing straight away. And then... I will, um, if the client is open to it, um, then we'll do the testing and then um, we'll have our our sessions. Um, You know, the first session is usually a deep dive. You know, it's it's a good hour plus and we go through even more stuff and I will take the time to explain to them what what I feel is potentially going on. And that is such an important part of the process because I think we just need to be heard and we need to understand what's happening in our body. And oftentimes I know that, um, I know that, you know, when you just, when you go to someone and they just say, okay, you just take this supplement. It's not enough. Like, I just think that understanding what may be going on in your body is a powerful part of your ability to solve it. And this is your body now and it's your body for life. You know, you work with a practitioner for a few months maybe, but or weeks or whatever it is but then you've got to you've got to have the tools to to make your to, to work with your body for the rest of your life so I do think that really giving giving my ladies all of everything they need to go away and feel like they're not dependent on me <laughs> is really important um yeah after the testing then yeah I, I work with them with them to kind of rebalance their every every part of their puzzle because usually we have to um you can't really look at one thing in isolation it just it doesn't often it doesn't really work so yeah (laughs) that's that's my kind of process yeah 
nothing there there isn't really like one I mean they always talk about HA as like a combination of a couple of things always and it's another reason why working with someone I mean shivers even if you're not working with a practitioner but you're working with like a therapist or a nutrition coach or someone you can get answers whereas if you go off on your own and just try to like you just quit exercise and eat everything you know that's throwing everything at the wall which is a valuable thing to do for someone especially if you're like you just want to get healthy tomorrow maybe you're a person who doesn't care a lot about answers and you just want results Mm -hmm. or you're trying to get pregnant tomorrow like I get it um but to me personally and many other people listening having answers it's like why this happened to me in the first place what was it that probably worked and helped is just so empowering and a big part of why this podcast came along right I was able to work Mm -hmm. with someone very similar to you who could help me see what was happening in my body and just like blow my mind and give me so much more respect for what is happening inside of my body and you mentioned earlier quite a bit ago now um just like we need so many calories it's so surprising and of course like that so many calories but like is different for everybody I suppose but what is it that you think we struggle to understand about that like we, I know we've all been told 1200 calories so often um something I bring up a fair bit on the show is that um I never ate that low I and so therefore when I only ever heard them refer to a low calorie diet as being 1200 I felt like I was eating a lot of calories because I was eating like 1700 or 1800 <laughs> and I was like well that's way more than 1200 so I'm very, I was very, very confused. Um, and sometimes I still am. And I, there's a lot of women, that's why I asked this question. And I just love talking about it is there's a lot of women who are still just like, I feel like I'm eating a lot, but they're still actually not. So how much food do we need to eat and why? I mean, okay. So you can't, <laughs> I can't say we all need to eat the same amount of food. We're all different. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. It depends. Okay, so it depends on your body, on your your frame. Okay, your frame, your activity level, your stress level, your genetics, your, um, you know, all sorts of inputs that um, we wouldn't even we wouldn't think even think about. But we need so much more than we we we've been led to believe. We need women need a lot more food than they've been led to believe, and I think that that is that is society. That's cultural. It's actually something that stems from um, the well, certainly in the from a historical point of view, in the, from the Victorian age, where women, um, I think, Victorian age in the UK, I guess, you know, in the nineteenth century, where women were, you know, if you look back, if you look back in history and time, and you see images of women in art, they're actually really quite curvaceous and beautifully um, um, soft and and quite large actually, and something happens happened over the last couple of hundred years or a year, hundred and a half years where women's we're not allowed to have an appetite. A woman's appetite in the Victorian era was associated with, um, you know, something that was um, primal, evil, dirty. Um, it, it was not something that we were we were designed. Sorry, it's a bit going into a bit of a history lesson, but like um, we weren't. You know, it's something that it's so ingrained in us that we we feel so guilty for having an appetite. Um, women women feel so guilty for having an appetite 
And it is so, so damaging to us biochemically because if you think about what the female body does and what the female body is capable of doing, as in it's capable of growing another human being (laughs) inside of it, um, our requirements are so, our nutrient requirements, I'm not talking about energy here necessarily, um, I'm talking about our nutrient requirements are often higher than a man's over our, certainly over our life period. So that's hard. That's hard to get enough nutrients in um, often. Um, and we need to really be eating nutrient dense foods and enough foods and not feel guilty. And I often find that with women, um, certain women actually I work with, with um, uh, unhappy relationships with food. So um you know where where may binge eating may come into the picture a little bit that is um when we actually release the all of these rules and restrictions and like I can eat what I want not and I'll go into whether or not we should be eating like hamburgers just hamburgers and donuts and stuff all the time but Mm. like when we just eat what we feel eat until we're satisfied the rest takes care of itself you know we our body's weight we have a set point we won't go, you know, if we're getting enough nutrients, we won't actually overshoot. We have to trust our body that we, our body knows what it's doing. And actually denying our body is what caused that restriction causes, you know, that, that loss of control and then, you know, binging, which can lead to restriction again. So it's just, just let your body eat. And it's, that is the hardest thing. It's easier for it's easy for me to say that <laughs> it is a hard, it's a hard piece to do. And it does, you know, the mindset and the psychological support is so, so important. Um, but you suddenly feel there's, it's, there's, a, there's a big shift for women, I think, when, when we release that control. And one thing I don't advocate really is just eating loads and loads of junk food. It's just you're going to feel crap. Um, you, you know, you're going to feel bloated that you're, you're not addressing any necessarily the nutrient needs that you, that your body once you may be that is a very pro pro inflammatory diet you know in itself so you do need to be eating lots of lovely foods but encouraging an abundance of lovely healthy fats you know avocados and olive oil and olives and beautiful fish and you know organic meat and and lovely and these are mainly kind of proteins and fats here and let's not forget about those gorgeous like carbohydrates you know lovely like brown rice and sweet potatoes and whatever it is but the we just need to fall back in love with food again and and see that color and and not feel afraid to nourish ourselves and I think when that happens the magic happens you know I love that you said the the word magic it actually (laughs) feels that when you spend so long being dedicated to like creating these elaborate meals that are as low calories possible but as high volume as possible and you like just the thought of like a a coconut milk based curry with rice is just like (laughs) it's just like oh that would be lovely that that would be nice like (laughs) I'm a million dollars too like it's just not gonna happen but then you're opened up to this idea that I, I could have that like every week if I wanted to have it. Yeah. And it feels magical. And you're kind of just like, life is beautiful. <laughs> I, now, I now understand the saying like food is the spice of life. Like you're going to have life and you get it to is. enjoy these meals intermittently throughout. And it's a freaking great. And that's what I think of. <laughs> 
but it is there to be enjoyed we've got to enjoy it we have to it, it's um food is there to be enjoyed um yeah and it's there's a fun side of it there's a fun side of this too um yeah there's a really fun side um and as you were talking before your your last point this analogy came to mind and i'm making it up on the spot so it might absolutely suck but it's like you're trying you have a vegetable patch and it's kind of small and you're trying to grow vegetables but it's like not deep enough and it's, it's not really growing anything because the roots don't have any space to grow and the, the soil is kind of meh it's not very good soil and you try to fix that by maybe building it slightly deeper and you fill it with some more of that shitty soil okay the plant has a bit more room to grow so it grows a little bit but when you finally empty out all that rubbish soil and you put in all this good quality soil that has just tons of minerals in it and all this good stuff you see the vegetables you're trying to grow they shoot up and they are plentiful and they look beautiful and you just you can really see the difference and I really feel like it's the same thing with us and what we you know it's not just about like the amount of room we give each other but it's like the quality of the soil inside of us yeah that's beautiful I love that and that is so I think that is a brilliant analogy I will use that with my clients thank you very much I love it I love I've said this many times I love analogies and I wish that my job was just like people told me concepts and all I had to do was like come up with analogies for them it's brilliant <laughs> but it, it is so it is so true you know an abundance of the wrong foods um it may bring your period back but it will it will most likely bring your period back with severe pms you know hormone imbalances right so yeah. there's another side to this coin which is we we don't want to be balancing our hormones out really beautifully and you need these you need we need good quality and abundance of good quality foods, right? Exactly like you're saying is you can't, I actually have an allotment <laughs> and you can't grow, you can't grow the same, you can't, you know, you have to rest the soil. A lot of my neighbours, my allotment neighbours don't do this, but like we we rest a patch of the soil uh, and we're, re- we're resting one at the moment and right. replenishing it with, yeah, mm. compost and manure and all these amazing nitrates and magnesium and and all these wonderful sulfur you need in the you need in the soil you need to get all of those good nutrients back in so it's totally yeah. the same. Well, that's like the second part of the analogy right don't over till or overuse your soil don't make sure don't. that you're allowing your it to regenerate <laughs> <laughs> rotate rotate your nutrients variety yeah, in your rotate diet your, rotate your paddocks get yeah. the cow off of that one into the other paddock <laughs> Um, I can't thank you enough for your time. This was really interesting to me. I could note out forever on questions about like nutrient intake, but I I personally am am like, oh, I want to work with you now as a client, like next time I get HA. Um, Where can people find you and more about you? And is, were there any other points you wanted to make or make sure that you share no I don't think so I mean it's just it's just as long as you got what you needed really I just really um you know I can't thank you enough for having me on and I I think I love what you're doing and I was saying you to you just before we started the show I just cannot wait to see where this goes this podcast goes and how many women we can touch and just make them feel okay and like this is okay this is happening um and yeah so I just I'm so excited for it I'm so thrilled to to have been here so I um 
uh, my my website was a good place to get in contact with me if you want to um, book an appointment or just that initial free call which I do with everybody so it's really not a kind of I just everyone deserves that much you know <laughs> like you just get a free call and we'll talk about um, where you are and what, what you need um, and that's www.hollydunn.co.uk and I was previously on LinkedIn a lot and I'm now just moving over onto Instagram. So I'm there at, at Holly Dunn Nutrition and it's it's growing. I mean, I've literally been there for a few months, so um, it's a baby, but it'll I will do more there. And um, so feel free to reach me there, too. And um, yeah, I'm just I'm just thrilled to have been here. And I really I'm so passionate about this. You know, it's so much part of part of my story and and it continues to be I get very emotional about it actually you know when I'm talking to my partner about it all the time I'm like you know women we need our hormones it's so important so yeah it's I'm I'm thrilled to be doing it yeah me too I'll be like women need each other because no one else understands Totally. Thank you. I'm going to put um, links to everything you mentioned in the show notes too, y'all. So go check it out. Go chat with Holly and please let us know what you thought of this episode. If there was any questions left lingering and you were just like, guys, like you didn't cover X, Y, Z, get in touch, let us know. And I don't know, we'll just see, we'll get Holly back on the show or I'll I'll be back. back. Oh, well, thank you so much. You're welcome. Day. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. Please subscribe to the podcast. And if you could head to iTunes specifically and leave a rating or review, that would help so much because it makes it easier for other people with HA who are Googling around to find the podcast really easily. So if you do that, you're doing a service to all of the women.